We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Blog Talk Radio.
Family, what's going on in the news this week? There's so much going on to the news that we need to converse about, either to understand or get an understanding. If we don't have open and healthy dialogue, then we'll continue to go in circles. So let's put it on the table and talk about it. This is the kitchen table where nothing is off limits. So without further ado, let's get right to it. You're not coming through on the phone. Good evening. Ah, good evening. So let's talk about what's going on in the news today. Here in in Georgia, we just had an issue where someone, I guess, threatened the church with evidence of making it happen. Are you familiar with the story? Yeah. A teenage girl threatening violence on a on a black church. Yeah, and she had artillery to pull it off from what, what I read. Yeah, she's been arrested and Excuse me. Facing multiple charges for it too. But wow, is why is the church being targeted? Like with with I don't know violence. if they were being targeted for the church. Huh? I think they were being targeted because it was black people. Okay, that's fair. It's very fair. being targeted because they were black people and were going to be in the same area at the same time. You kill more of them together. Wow. That's what I think. 
seem like, but well, from from there's no other understanding. Of, I mean, unless we speak and interview this this girl, but <laughs> to the church, this is where we're supposed to go and find help and seek refuge. Well, when you, I don't think hatred has, you know, any morals, any, you know, um, boundaries. You hate a particular people and, you know, you want to get as many of them as you can. And then, you know, you're not, you, you don't care where you get them. As long as you do, maybe that was their thought process. I, d- I don't know. She's 16. So she's 16. So where could this hate stem from? You haven't even experienced anything yet. Oh, a black person beat you out of a job? Like, where where could this have come from? You know what I mean? Well, part of it is probably taught um, in a household just by being a product of your environment. Um, part of it is, you know, could have been a situation where she tried out for the cheer team and, you know, a black girl made it and she didn't. Who knows? You know, um, she probably had some type of bad, in her mind, bad experience with a black person and felt like she wanted to retaliate. Or she's just doing what she knows how to do, which is hate. She's learning in her household. Um, Sad, but true. Mm. Wow. That is very sad. Here we've had, uh, are you familiar with the Atlanta Beltline, the location of it? Yeah. Okay. They've had um, hanging artwork along the beltway. Apparently there's some type of It looked like a cocoon, but it's a it's a, it's something black hanging from a tree. It's a cocoon in the shape of a person. Okay. And it well, was put that. there by a black artist. Mm. What's your thoughts about that? Uh I don't have any thoughts about it. I mean, the reality of it is, um, I I don't know what his intent was, but the reality of it is, it's a reminder, a reminder of where we come from. We, you know, we we come from as as black people, we come from. Um, a time where 
you would ride down the road and there would be not a cocoon, not a piece of art, but an actual person hanging from the tree. I think it's thought-provoking. And the sad thing about it is, is sometimes with the way things are going in the world today, you know, you don't know how fast it seems like or feels like we're going back to those times where um, not in a literal sense black people are being lynched, but um, in, in a metaphorical sense as well. You know, you think about uh, just just for instance, not, not to get way off topic, but, I mean, you know, you, you think about Colin Kaepernick and, and how – you know, the NFL, he was, had his workout this past weekend in Atlanta. It was supposed to have 32 teams there to watch. And then because of an issue that his team, a waiver issue, um, he decided to move it to a local high school so that they could allow media and transparency. And, and you know, um, while I do understand that it could have been inconvenient for those scouts to move, However, if you're going somewhere to to see this man work out and perform to try and offer him a contract, um, and you know he's been blackballed, he's been done wrong, you know, why not continue on with your mission regardless of the location? You know, so when I look at it, it's like, hmm, because he stood up or he spoke his truth or he you know, he decided to, to kneel instead of stand because of social injustice. You know, he wasn't literally hung off a tree, but think about what they're doing. They're hanging him. He doesn't, he hadn't had a career in three years and and has been working out faithfully, waiting for a job, waiting for a call, and, and they're not calling. It's in, in my mind, that's a lynching. I agree. I agree. Now, you brought Kaepernick up, so let's go, go ahead and go that direction. I actually can applaud Kaepernick because he controlled, he took back control of the narrative. He's not allowing someone to say, well, we went to look at him and he wasn't in shape or it wasn't this or it wasn't that. You know what I mean? Because why wouldn't you allow the media or his team to to record footage. Mm-hmm. Unless you're trying to have material to spend. Mm-hmm. Because quite naturally, you'll only release what you want to release. But his team can release everything in its entirety. And that's not what they wanted. So now you have, I believe it said it was down to eight teams that showed up all because of a 30-minute drive or a 20-minute drive? Come on. Yeah, I mean, how inconvenient is that? You know, when you're really looking to recruit somebody, there's no stopping you. And then they said even for the ones who showed up, the, the, the people who showed up weren't even in the position or at the level to make an offer at that time. Or place. Mm. They weren't even high enough up in the food chain to say, you know, 
let's let's sit down and do a deal. Mm. You're not even high enough. Mm-mm. So I mean, was do you think they did this just to to appease the people? Uh, it seems like it more than likely. I mean, I think that they they did it. Everybody has to have a scapegoat. So what do you do? You every once in a while, you you extend what we think is an olive branch, but um, it's a rope. And whenever he takes control of the of the narrative, and you know drives his own train, you you know, you figure out another way to railroad him. So it's like if he had showed up and he had signed all the waivers y'all wanted him to sign, then, you know, y'all could have talked junk about how um, bad of a thrower he was or how or how he missed, you know, 20 passes. Or, you know, um, you would have talked bad about it. But because he said, you know what, I'm not going to sign that waiver. I've already given you one because he did sign a waiver. Um, but it wasn't they wanted him to sign some from according to the internet to the news a special type of waiver um he did that would relieve that. him from being able to sue the n f l in any further proceedings or what have you, so if you gotta put that at the bottom nine times out of ten they you know you want some ass. snake shit right they're trying to cover their ass. Um, and so, so what did he do? You know what? We're gonna change the venue. We're gonna let the media in because I'm not going behind closed doors no more with y'all asses. You know, you you sit up here, and and because I decided that it was time for me to acknowledge and stand or kneel for the social injustices going on with with people who look like me. Not so much as him, but the people who look like me are suffering. Um, and I have freedom of speech. I didn't. I didn't interrupt the. It wasn't like he interrupted the the national anthem or the, you know, um, whatever. It was he. He did one thing instead of the other. He still paid his respects, but he paid it in such a way to where you know what. Okay, I understand, but this is is happening to my people, so I gotta take a knee for all those lives that's being lost, all the injustices being done. So it's kind of one of those things where you fire me for doing that, you let me go. Now I can't get a job. Why am I gonna trust y'all to to have a workout in a field where you're not allowing media? You want me to sign? Um, a special waiver that that's sort of unorthodox in a workout, and then you can go and and print and talk and do whatever it is you want to do after the workout. I'm setting myself up. Yeah. So. Uh. 
I know as 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 a as you know the Atlanta Falcons being the home team, they can really use Colin Kaepernick. Hell, he probably do better than Matt Ryan, Watt Nealing at this point. But I tell you, if, if I had a team, I'd give him a job. I mean, he got more dedication without having a job than most players have being employed. He's been working out for three years, not a phone call, not an offer. And his arm, from what they say, his arm is still good. Still a solid thrower, quarterback, but not a single offer. Why? Because he's standing up for what he believes in? Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, because what I'm trying you to know do now that he's not he's not interested in just a paycheck. You know, he loves the game for the game and still can be, you know, true to and still trying to be true to who he is or true to the man he wants to be. And you blackball me for that because I'm not a slave for your money. I'd rather have somebody who wants to play the game more than they need to play the game because there's a difference. Wow. Hello. I'm I'm here. I'm reading this waiver that they um I'm reading this waiver that they trying to get him to trying to get him to sign. Wow. It said one. The camp, uh, Kaepernick camp was upset that NFL told them about the tryout on on such short notice, that it was occurring on a Saturday instead of a customary Tuesday when workouts usually take place. A Saturday tryout would guarantee no high-level personnel would attend. That's setting them up for failure. 
The NFL told Kaepernick team there will be no media access to the workout, which the team agreed to. Kaepernick arrived in Atlanta Thursday. He was told that it was unclear who his receivers would be uncomfortable. He agreed to fly his own receivers, his receivers out at his own expense. In addition to not having media access, the NFL suggested Kaepernick's own team would be prohibited from filming the workout, thus leaving the NFL as the only entity with access to the video being sent to 32 teams. This was especially delicate because the Kaepernick team did not trust the football Can't hear you. Can't hear you. On Saturday, the issues remain unsolved. NFL refused to allow Kaepernick to fill his own workout. Media access did not blood his waiver of rights. Around late morning, Kaepernick team confirmed only as NFL to reconsider they will hold his own work. By 2.30 p.m., the NFL officially rejected their request. Issues unresolved, NFL workout collapsed which after an hour at two high school, it appears six attended That was the biggest thing is issues that led to the attack. NFL insisted that Kaepernick signed an unusual waiver. Kaepernick has reportedly been bullying a collusion lawsuit against the NFL. Contrary to popular belief, Kaepernick never challenged the NFL in court. News outlets have called Kaepernick's previous settlement also protecting NFL players association fees that were settled through arbitration as required by the NFL union. Can't hear you. Hello. Can't hear you. We you you finished reading it, but we couldn't hear. I kept trying to get your attention, but so they had him this waiver. He had to fly his own team, his own receivers. They wanted him to um Out of the 24 teams, only six showed up. They rejected his official request, and he had to waive his rights. Um, 
to sue the NFL. It's a three-page contract, and it's it's kind of bogus, actually. Now, they were saying that Jay-Z, who was the NFL partner, whatever, was disappointed with Collins' actions and believed he turned a legitimate workout into a publicity stunt. Wow. I mean, truth be told, you know, I, I guess everybody's going to have an opinion about the man. Like, Stephen A. Smith straight up said that, you know, he, he don't want a job. You know, if he wanted a job, he would have, you know, he would have went and he would have worked out. You know, he was saying, um, because I think who who the other player was, Eric Reed kind of stood in for him, was like, you know, yeah, he's right to do that. You know, they did this man dirty. So he, he, he was, you know, well within his rights to, you know, have the media there and do this publicly. You know, he already been blackballed once. And, you know, Stephen Smith went in on him saying that, you know, that he don't want a job, this, that, and the third. But the fact of the matter is this, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, won't fool me again. You know what I'm saying? Or however the the saying it goes. But the thing about it is, is, you know, why would I put myself in that position again? Like the NFL, believe it or not, also do shit for for publicity. Do they not? They do. Yeah. The whole, the truth be told, part of the whole agreement with Jay Z is for publicity. You know, they had to they had to do something to save face. What better than to partner with Jay Z? Jay Z well. got, got more fans than Kaepernick do. So it's like we lose one fan base, but we gain Jay-Z. So it's, it's, it's all about publicity. Don't get it twisted. The problem is, is that this man wants to be in control of his destiny. That's the problem because he wants to be in control. And right now, even though he's not working, he has control. What's wrong with him is keeping that, that? Is that not fair of him being in control of his own destiny, if you will? Not when you're working for the NFL. Hmm. Well, I would they like control to it all. Or they Look what they did to Antonio Brown. Nah, well, they well, do. That's, 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 yeah. A whole different topic. I understand that. But think about it. Think about it now. They control that. They controlled everything. Now, seeing as though he is now not employed, how much have you heard about him on the news? Who's on him now? Like, like for a minute, when everything was going on with him, he was on the news. Articles were popping up. He was on the news about being sued here, then doctors coming out of Woodward saying this, that, and the third, unpaid bills, this, that, you know. And now, suddenly, 
He ain't with the Patriots no more. He ain't with, you know, Pittsburgh. He's not with anyone. Excuse me. He's at home. But who talking about him? He he's not even relevant anymore. I mean, the last article I read about him, they were saying how, you know, he had made a comment about being, you know, oh, being oh. able to take his kids to school, being, you know, being at home and, you know, being able to take his kids to school and different things. And people was coming in trying to go in on him because he was at a point, you know, he was like, I ain't got to pay nobody to do it. I'm here. You know, I'm going to do it now. And then people was going in on him because it's like you should have known what this felt like. You know, but, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that when you want to control your narrative, when you do control your narrative, people, businesses, it gets in their way. They get in their feelings, and they do whatever mm. they think they can or whatever they want to do to try and stop you. The man do want a job. How many people, how many football players you know sit on their ass? You know what I'm saying? Or how many people, how many football players you know get out and and go work out as if they had a job? Waiting for a call. You got you got some some players that don't even have that kind of commitment, and they have teams. So I don't think I that he you. don't want a I job. Agree. I think he does want a job, but it's, he also wants to be able to be true to who he is and say, look, you know, like quite honestly, he ain't done anything wrong. What did he do wrong? He didn't violate an NFL rule. Was it against no, the rules just, not to pledge the allegiance? No. Or to no, kneel or stand? It wasn't against the rules. No. And that's that's what you want. You haven't dealt with this before, so now that it's, it's come about, we do a, a, a haste rule or make a haste decision and say that it's wrong. Just like uh, the other day there was a football a game where one player <laughs> hit another player in the head with the helmet. Uh, now they want to bring him up on charges. The NFL do want to press charges against him for doing so. Well, show me in the rule book where it says you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Now, Watch this show. The, thing, the thing about that is this When the guy was on the ground and, and he was trying to get up And the guy had him You know by the face mask No one talks about that part But they just talk about what he did Now Granted he picked he picked the guy up You know Like, like he was a A, a child uh, it kind of so, but either way it goes. Either way it goes. No one ever, ever talks about what the aggressor did. They only talk about what the respondent does. Period. No one talks about how 
the guy who he was trying to hit with the helmet, teammates were stuffing on him like they was in a gang fight. They're not talking about that. But this Mm -hmm. one particular guy, who I would consider the respondent, they're looking to bring him up on charges. Everybody else got suspended, uh, fine, but now y'all want to bring him up on charges? For what? For what? That's crazy to me. Yeah. But I guess when it's your league, you can make the rules up as you go. Yeah, that's what, that's what lawmakers do. That's what lawmakers do. So now I want to see how this 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 sixteen year old girl is going to get punished or penalized for you know trying to blow up the church or not blow up the church but yeah. shoot up the church. Yeah, she faces some charges. You know, she they they have her facing right many charges actually. Yeah, but what about the kid, the 16-year-old who shot up the church? I mean, the kid who shot up the church in Carolina. I don't know about that. What what was his sentence? That I don't know. That's the part that that gives me, you you can charge all you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Mhm. I um, but what I was gonna say is I watched the show, and um, I watched the episode. This week's episode came on. I watched this week's episode today, and there was a kid who was a wrestler, and basically, and he had dreadlocks. Now he had been a wrestler, um, for for quite some time, but then he got this one referee who literally went by the rules in the rule book. And in the rule book, it said that you have to have, if you going, you have to have hair, um, not below your earlobes, I think. And, um, and if you do have hair, you are required to wear a regulation cap to conceal it. Well, this guy, this kid's dreadlocks was, you know, down his back. And again, he had been wrestling it hadn't been an issue. This had never come up, but this one referee would not let him wrestle. So it came down to two choices. Either they forfeit or he could not wrestle. So ended up, to make a long story short, ended up getting an attorney, and the attorney looked into the into the rules of the, of the game or of the sport and basically – stood in front of the school and talked about how the rules, when they were made, they were designed and they were made when black people couldn't even wrestle, couldn't even participate in the sport. So these rules don't even fit us. Like, why do we have to change who we are and change, you know, our our appearance and who we are just to play a sport when the fact of the matter is is these rules are outdated and need to be revised anyway to cover all inclusive. You know, like it's it's all well and good 
when we want to, when when you make us or you know you mandate we do something and we and we do it, you know we lose a part of who we are and and our identity to fit, you know, in your round hole so to speak. But when we want to continue being a square peg, you can't make your rules fit around that. You have to make you have to change us. You can't change the rules. But anyway, the, I have a question about that. Yeah. This this kid wrestler with long hair, and he and they they pull him down by his hair. Then what? Would that be another argument? Right, he wasn't the one arguing. What I'm saying is, like, what are what are cap tucking in or what have you? But I agree with you because there was a swimmer who uh, she was mixed young lady, and because of her build, they wouldn't allow her to swim. She's in regulation uniform. She's in everything was there, including the body of. I guess a black woman. They wouldn't allow her to swim. So I get it. We do need to revamp these revisit all these rules and laws and, and things that's in place because you know when it was written in damn eighteen hundreds they didn't have us in mind. No. Mm. Oh. Let's introduce Pastor to the line. Pastor. Well, whenever he's ready, we'll be waiting on him. How do we go about being included? Um, uh, hell, how do we go about being recognized as, as I guess, a, a, a people? First, because hell, I don't even know who we are now. We were Negroes, then we were African Americans, Afro Americans, uh, Black Americans, Aborigines. Like, who do we go and 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 stand in for as an ambassador for what group of people now? Because if we're going to change rules and say, hey, as black Americans, you know, our hair come in various lengths, just like white Americans. Why do we even have to make that disclaimer when, when it's, you know, you can, like you said, you you can look at a, a 
a black man and a white man or a black boy and a white boy, and they can have bangs or bobs or they can have buns, but but a black boy can't have an afro or a black boy can't have dread. So, you know, just because they have the ability to, like our hair is thicker than theirs, you know, um, they may have the ability to wear one style and or wear a regulation cap or, you know, something like that. And you immediately assume that mine need to be cut in order for me to perform or in order for me to stay on this team. You know, you don't make them change who they are because you think about it, you know, as you grow older, your hair, your, you know, become, well, your hair is a part of who you are from birth, okay? But as you grow into yourself and you find your style, um, your preference of how you like to wear your hair becomes part of your identity, just like you wear a beard. That's part of your identity. So if someone were to describe you, they would say, you know, hey, that's the, you know, his, he wears beard? Yeah, that becomes part of who you are. So now you're telling me that in order for me to play a sport or in order for me to to sing the song or in order for me to walk in your store, I got to I gotta change who I am. Just to be not even equal, truth be told, but just to be a part of something that should be open for all. But yet and still, Tommy Boy next door can, you know, can walk out and and have his bun and his curls falling all in his, his eye. And... You don't make us think about that. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with you. I think that we have to really understand who we're who we're talking about, okay? I don't It's hard for me to believe, just based on everything that that we're reading, um, to where we're everyone is being seen equal. Why aren't we being seen as equal? Could it be because there's different designators? Why can't you? Why can't I be an American just like everyone else American? Because remember, there were what only three types of only three classifications of people that came. There's here the natives, the slaves, and the immigrants. Right? That's who 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 came here. Well, not came here, but that's who the original people were. Right? Mm-hmm. So I. Being born here would be an American, just like the Caucasian fellow up the street. We're all American. Why do I have to be? It had to be a a designator to say, you know, oh no, you're an African American. 
Right. So I believe that we could just get away from 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 that. Just being. I think we could and we should. And if we're not, if we're going to be have you know designators, then hell, then we're going to go back. I'm going to change my name, my family name, and we're going to go back to the beginning. I mean, because after all, who, who who name are we carrying? Well, just do like Malcolm X. Just cut it off. Just have it as X. Because when the interviewer asked Malcolm X about that, he said, he said, well, what's your father's, what's your father's name? He said, he don't know. He just knew what his father and his grandfather told him, who just knew what their grandfathers told him, and their grandfathers told him, which who was told by their slave owners or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, who are we? Yeah, Muhammad Ali was was Cassius Clay, wasn't he? He was. He said he got he got rid of that white man's name because that's where it came from. It came from his slave owners. So I changed my name to, you know, quick old bearded one because that's. Who I am now? You'll be Miss Quick Old Bearded One. I don't know how that's gonna work out for you, but uh, <laughs> that might be, be a little strange. A little strange, a little strange, but uh, a great bearded one. How about that? But either way it goes, it's in order to be inclusive of of all these rules and laws, we have to be included. Right, so when it's about Americans, we're Americans. That we we qualify because we're Americans. But when we when we allow them to tell us, no, you're a subclass of Americans, i.e., African American or uh, what have you. I think that's taking away. That's taking away something. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I agree. I mean, I agree. You know, it's... I think that it, 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 it's, two, it's a two-way street. I think that our names make us who we are in the beginning. But then we begin to make our name what it is. Mm -hmm. So part of me says, you know, um, like for our children, they were named before they were born. Right? And we chose those names somewhat strategically. Um, 
but the meaning behind those names, um, the first names is what I'm talking about now, but in theory, I, I think that this is the same for, for names in general. Um, so as we teach them and as we mold them, they begin to grow into their name and become, you know, the Michael the Right. So mm-hmm. um, at first, we gave them a name so that, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, here's your name. This is what you'll be called. Um, but then it's it's like that's who they become. They, they actually make the name what it is. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm explaining it, if I'm explaining it right. Um, they make the name what it is by learning who they are and who they're going to be as men. Mm-hmm. So where you think about, okay, where we may have had or our names may have come from originally a slave master. Okay, the the slaves that actually received the name were slaves. Um, and because of the laws and different things back then, they may not have been able to make that name their own. But over time, I think that with with all of the strides that we've made as a people that we own these names now. Yeah, you may have given me this name, but I made this name. You see I what I'm saying? Mine. I made it mine. So so you know, okay, our name may have come from a slave owner, but it's one of those things that where we've blazed our own path and um or in our, our parents did that for us and so you know we um we're not slaves we are king and queens and we gonna wear this name like that you know so Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. it's i think it's definitely a twofold situation where i understand malcolm x point i understand you know muhammad ali's point um this thing was, you know, you and Muhammad Ali, you know I'm black. I don't want to hide behind a white man's name. Um, I want to be who I am. You know what I'm saying? And it was, and, and he chose that name strategically, specifically, um, because it, was, it, it wasn't it was very popular. But when you heard it, you knew what kind of man he was, you know? Um, so, so let me ask you this. Everything you said, a drink on is a table? Not necessarily. Okay, so it doesn't matter what what you call it. It's a platform to sit a drink on, right? So Exactly. You may not know my name, but when you see me, you know I'm a black man. Yeah, and that's why I said it's a twofold situation because I understand their thought process behind the name, you know, like, I don't want to name a white man, you know, been handed down from generations to generations, like, I don't belong to a white man, or or a slave owner, let me just say that, you know, be politically correct, um, or slave owner, which I understand that, but then it's like, you know what, 
Yeah, this name may have or may not have originated from a slave owner, but guess what? I own it now. It's mine. I do with it what I will. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure if if I was uh, part of that situation, we wouldn't be here now. Because I know with the mindset that I have now, I, they would have had to kill me or, or be jangled like a mug because it's going down. Mm-hmm. But that's where it come in. You you know, it's just like God assigned us who, who what we are. But the parents teach us the characteristics of of that. So you can. I'm the manufacturer. You just a model, if you will. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Once we, once we, you know, like you said, we 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 God assign our sons to be male, but it was up to us to teach them to be uh, boys, young men for the older ones, and hell for the old ones, men. That's what we're supposed to do. But all of them are still manufactured under quick. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, 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 I mean, shit, it's a washing machine. I don't care if it says Sears and Roebuck on there or Montgomery Ward or, hell, Woolworths. It, that doesn't matter. Mhm. Well, I should be glad when Pastor come on here so he can uh, connect this thing to the Bible because I know somewhere it connects somehow. Mhm. Yeah. It's, so what do you go ahead? No, please. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna elaborate on that a little bit more, but I think I've made that point clear. Okay. Okay, so what's so your position? So what's my position on what? What is your position on on the name on the subject of of names? Um, I know we had you know talked before about changing. What what's your position on that? So, for me, I'm. I'm torn between the two because here I am, you know, uh, making a man 
who didn't do anything for uh, for the family look good. Same one who took me to the basketball court and at, at like seven or eight and played me like I was damn six four six five. And then my grandma had to make him, my great grandma had to make him buy me a damn thirty five cent soda. I know who he was, but my I do make his last name look good, make it look better than he did. Okay. So, um, me personally, I, I want to, I want, I want to change it. Not to, you know, show my black powers and all that crap, but I, I want to, would love to change it. Okay. What's your position on it? I, I'm, I'm still. Shit, we got it now. We, we make it ours. Like it's not about. For me, I think that if, if he was still alive. And our children got to witness what type of man he was and in order to, you know, kind of separate who we are from that. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah, yeah, And as far as our children go back, you know, we'll be able to see and understand where they come from is good. You know what I'm saying? Because your grandma is the top of the line for us. You see what I mean? She's she's the tip of that iceberg. And so going back to her and having her as the matriarch or as the the haze, um, then I'm okay with it because, you know, they see good and, um, So that's just you know that's just where I am, and obviously below that, then then they continue to set the trend and the expectations and live a life, you know, pleasing to God, as we are, are trying to do and trying to teach them. Then that's where they begin to own the name and mold the name and shape it and determine what that name really means. Okay. Uh, I I get it, but I mean, even even in that regard, I still think that uh, 
I would rather pay homage to the one who taught me to be who I am. You know what I mean? Not just the one who, you know, not my grandma up to have my mama. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the one who took care of my mama. Two different people. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So I guess it's just like you said, it's 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 a it's a twofold uh, situation. It's a twofold situation. Mm-hmm. Now, discussion came up earlier today, and we talk about. Uh, Social media, and uh, and to kind of piggyback on the conversation last week or the topic last week about the the kids who who using social media to you know to send out racist messages and and all that type of stuff. There's a group trying to form of uh, fathers and foresight. And um, their biggest things is it's a it's a, a black uh, group, but the thing that they were trying to do was uh, meet via uh, set up everything everything via social media. And uh, I asked one of the guys who who come to the shop about it. He was like, yeah, man, you know, social media, you know, I let my kids on and and all this and and all that. And I was like, he was like, what's your thoughts on it? I said, bro, I believe if your kids are on social media at a young age, you are a bad parent. Mm. I know that that probably, you know, hit some people home, hit some people hard. Maybe insult to some people, but I don't care. That's my opinion. The reason why I say that because social media is now who's raising this, this generation. Media is raising this generation. There's no uh, interaction. There's no uh, human connection, if you will. Uh, they believe that because on social media, you know, you can say what you want to say without consequence and anything that transfers into real life. If you're not taking the time to spend with your kids and have human interaction like it was intended, you send them up. What's your thoughts about that? I... I don't know if I would go as far as calling them a bad parent. Um, I would, I would say that they are. Hmm. 
unengaged. Um, it's kind of like that, the theory where, you know, you, you got small children and you watch small children watch TV and you sit the TV is babysitting them. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you walk around the house, you're doing whatever it is you need to do in the TV. You know, basically they're in tune to the TV. Um, mm-hmm. But you're disengaged. So I would say that they are, it's the same with social media. Um, they're disengaging. And because our children are away from us in school, they're away from us when they practice, excuse me, whatever sport they play, they're away from us when they're actually doing sports or, you know, just going some recreational, you know, hang out at the library or whatever, you know, because our children are now more away from us more than they are with us. Um, having social media regularly, social media access is going to be, um, yeah, in essence, raising your kids um, and not in a good way. Going to be, you know, brainwashing. It. Um, I think that having social media access can contribute to depression. Um, it can contribute to and addiction. Um, and, and addiction, but it also, I think, it contributes to um, a lack of ambition, a lack of determination, a lack of self. Um, I think it contributes to a lot of, I don't think there's anything positive about having unlimited access to social media for anyone. It makes us, I think it, um, not only does social media make you lazy, but I think the internet as a whole makes us lazy as people, you know, you and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about, you know, even we have, you know, fallen victim to internet convenience instead of, you know, getting up, going to the store to get a battery for your watch or to get, you know, um, deodorant or to get paper towels. It's, oh, well, how much I got left? Let me see if I can just order from Amazon. You know, I can wait two days. Instead of getting in your car driving to the store to pick it up right away, um, you know, people are, you know, lacking vitamin D. Like everybody's vitamin D deficient. Why? Because we never leave the house anymore. You know, and we can get what we need, obviously, naturally from the sun because that's the way God designed it. But we're not leaving the house like we used to, so we're not getting what we need. So um, not only having does having access to social media contribute to those types of things, but having in the Internet as a whole contributes to um, issues as well. And I think that we have to find a balance. Um, do what works for you and your family, of course. Hey, but we have to find a, a balance. We have to be able to make sure that we're spending more time with our children than they are 
with social media? Balance is the key, but I just I, I honestly don't see any good coming coming out of it when you know you're away from home working one long you know one long day or uh, two job at one job or having to work two jobs and you know your kids are at home left to their devices. And of course now it's they're on every other you know gram and chats and snaps and and all this nonsense. Now that's that has become their reality. That has become their reality. And now I want to you know my hair like this. I want to dress like this because. These are what's getting likes by these people I don't even know. So now I want to be like this versus being like my mother or like my dad who who works and come home and spend time with me. You know, the real thing, I'd rather be lit or popping like they is on social media. Mm-hmm. We have to put forth more of an effort um, to not to control it, but to intervene and, you know, to say enough is enough. I think that as parents, we get so overwhelmed with, you know, honestly, work and life and, you know, like throws all different kinds of things at you during the day. And so I think that sometimes you you get home, you get off, you get home, and it's just nice to be in a quiet room, you know, and your kid may be in there on social media doing whatever, um, and, and we kind of take that quietness for granted and say, oh, well, you know, he's just doing so-and-so or so-and-so. It's quiet, so... Just let it be quiet. But um, we gotta put forth an effort to get up and go and say, "Hey, what you doing? You know who you talking mm-hmm. to? You know what you own? Um, ask those questions." I agree. Be nosy. Investigate. Yeah, I mean, children don't know what you know, like. Children don't understand. That um everything on social media isn't real. And right. and and some people like to live their lives on social media because it but here's what it does to you. You you, you get on there and you read a post. And I ain't gonna tell you no lie. I see this crap all the time, and it's somebody on there need prayers. I'm at you know so and so hospital, and they have it where I guess you can kind of check in at certain places. 
So, you know, going to eat lunch at, you know, Red Lobster, you know, and they take a picture of the food that they eat. And then, you know, 30 and 40 people comment. And then it's, you know, uh, Dr. Send my blood pressure up. Pray for me. Everybody start, oh, praying for you, this, that, and the third. And, you know, and then they they post stuff on there, um, you know, about the kids and this, that. So I guess for me, they're attention junkies. Like, why do you want to live your life in public? You put yourself, you put all your business out there for people to comment on it. And then when a comment doesn't go your way, you get depressed or you want to go in on it or, you know, you want to go and commit suicide or have drinks because people don't validate you. I think it it goes back to the multiple conversations that we've had before about validation and self-worth. I dare me put on there that, you know, oh, just got to the hospital. The doctor say, you know, blood pressure up and I got to go on bed rest. Pray for me, y'all. Really? I need to get in there and pray for myself for soliciting prayers from everybody else trying to get pity. Um, I just I just don't understand why people put themselves out there so much and then when the comments start rolling in they get offended. How is it that strangers on social media, you know, you care about what they think? But then you act a fool in public, not concerned about what strangers that that's looking at you, right? Have eyes on you. You don't care what they think. You just show your high parts. You just right as long as as long if Facebook says okay, then you know what it's okay. You know if you know and it's it's one of these things that we're like look 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 learn how to live for you. It's it's tough enough trying to live in a world that we live in when you have so much hatred um, amongst everything. You got people who hate people because of the way they look, because of the way they smell, because of the way they speak. You got people who hate people simply because they're, they're just people. I mean, this is just how ridiculous things have gotten. So you, it's, it's already bad enough that you have to be able to live and function in a world with so much evil and so much hatred. Why expose yourself to people who don't matter? I've, we, we've all run across thousands of people, you know, maybe not literally thousands, but tons of people that we grew up with, went to high school with, then went on to college with, joined the military with, and just people in our past. If you lose contact with people, it's for a reason. So then you go in and you create this Facebook page, and it gives you the opportunity to reconnect with all these past people. 
For what? There's seasons. Uh, you people a, are involved in your life for seasons, not not forever. Right, unless you've made that commitment forever, that forever commitment. I had a situation the other day, and it was, and and, and I was. I was blown away. It took me back, like mentally, to to it was it was really a what the hell situation. Lady comes to me. She says, "Hey, I'm about to service these clients. They're Muslim. They're going to be uncovered. So uh, could you kind of avoid passing by, or you know, be careful when you do." I looked at her and I said, no. I don't give a shit who you service. This is my thoughts. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go out of my way to make anybody comfortable. But it pissed me off because you had the audacity to come and ask me to be careful of your client. What difference does it make if they're Muslim? Like, what's wrong with you? What what it is is because they was uncovered. They were female. Right. They didn't have their hijab on. But as a professional, it's up to you to make sure that you make, make those Take those precautions for your clients. Not me. I'm not gonna go out my right. way. I'm not gonna avoid walking down the P way because you got uncovered women in your at your station. But here's my thing. If if it's that serious, why not put a curtain up? You can if, if you have clients in there. You bought them from your house. Take them back to your house. Well, yeah. If they if you go to their home and service them, just charging a surcharge. But I laugh. I laugh, and I think, you know, I think everybody be proud of me knowing how I am. I was like, no, not a hell no, not a no. Get out of here. You know, this, no, I'm not going to do that. But the audacity of this, this woman to come and and ask me this. Ask this of me. I'm not about changing who I am to do anything. Go anywhere for anyone. It's it's hard enough to find a place of peace when you don't have all of these demands and people yanking at you, wanting you to change this, do this, do that. It's hard enough trying to just figure out who you are on your own. But then once you've found that, like once you've found you're happy. Your joy, 
it's it, going out of your way is no longer an option because when you do that, one, I think you probably step out of the out of the will of God because that's not who I designed you to be. I'm not saying that you can't hold a door for a person. That's you know, in my mind, that's kind of common courtesy. I'm not saying. That, you know, if somebody speak, you can't speak back. That's not going out of your way. I'm saying, you know, in situations where you have to cut your hair to play a sport or you have to walk down another hallway to avoid, you know, uh, someone of a different faith. Um, like that's going out of your way. I'm saying when, when, you know, you have to be overly nice to someone or change your voice to you know, to speak to someone or to have a conversation, um, people have to be able to accept you for who you are, um, because God made you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's scary, it's, it's, you know. I look. And I see, like, you know, people post, you know, if they talk about relationships with a man or um, if she don't do, you know, and they call off three things and then, you know, um, do a joint social media page. Excuse me, but who the fuck cares about social media? If I'm in a relationship with a man, social media is not going to be the one to validate that. So, he, so because we're in a relationship, we're supposed to have a joint social media page. Or if you got your page and I got mine, yours better stay married. Or, you know, in a relationship. Or if you don't update it, then, you know, that's going to cause a uh, rift between me and you. What? Like, who? You're, you're trying to live to the world. And you don't even know who you are. Mm. Wow. Okay. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, you know, it's just crazy. No, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm puzzled because, you know, um, why the hell is it your business? Hey, right? It's not. You know, it's no one's business. Like, why do you, you don't have to broadcast everything you do because, like, for me, everything, I'm selfish. I want to have... But don't get me wrong. I'm willing to to share joyful moments and laughter, you know, and stuff amongst our family. But when it comes to my children, my husband, that's so dear to me, I'm not exposing any of that for judgment or criticism because I know what my reaction will be. 
And well, uh, so it's it's one of those things where you know if you see me and you see my children and you come in on them cool because I know to my face you you're not gonna say oh well he didn't have that or well, he was dirty you know but when you post pictures of you know children husband or whatever you know people say oh well. I mean, even stuff about food, you know. I thought like, your husband would be a little taller. Right. You know, or I don't picture you for the, to go for the ball head type. You know, something like that. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> wait a minute now. Where is wait, wait. Huh? No, no, go ahead. We're, we're going to talk about that later on. <laughs> you know. Well, that's what your girl, well, that's what your grandma say. That's what made me say that because your grandma be saying that. But anyway, um, you know, it's, that's just, those are things that people say. You know, for me, like, I don't Yeah, that ain't even social media. I know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> You know, she'll hit you with that in a minute. I never thought you'd be bald head with a beard. Yeah. But, you know, everybody's, I, don't, I, I guess, I don't care what your thoughts are. You know, I have three priorities in life. You know, uh, God, family, hey. business. If it ain't pleasing to God, then it don't concern me. You know, I want a part of it. If it's not, hey boy, get you know, your making my making my family proud. What are you doing? It don't concern me. If it's not promote my business, it don't concern me. Like I don't want no parts of any of those things if it's not if it's not doing what I just said. So all this other stuff with your opinions and all that, uh, if you ain't bring your your wallet or your checkbook with your opinion, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. I know that's that's probably a, a little too buttholeish for some people, but that's that's just a fact. Yeah, that that is a fact. I mean, you know, again, like I'm not one of those people. I don't need to be validated. You know, I find that when I read um, any kind of article, it sparks, you know, and this is not just limited to social media, but it it might light a fire. You know, like the articles that we spoke about earlier with the young lady, uh, teenager, you know, targeting a black church and then with the, with the guy who, you know, hung, uh, 
art from a tree as if it were, you know, a lynching. Um, you know, stuff like that kind of sparks an emotion. Um, and then, you know, and then as, as far as social media, so when I read stuff like that and then, you know, you have different things on social media, it's just physically and emotionally draining. Um, it is. You know, like, like why? And it's kind of productive. Absolutely. I think we got to go back to, you know, stick to the foundation, stick to what's important to you. And, hey, if social media is important to you, by all means. But don't make me, don't don't attempt to make me feel bad because it's not important to me. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. It's 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 a lot that's going on to where we we have to discuss. We got to talk about, you know. Um, and and I think that everything that's going on in the news is conversation worthy. If not, we're going to continue to fall right back in, you know, the mundaneness. There's going to be one continuous circle. I just came across an article where it says that, um, just going back to what we spoke about earlier about Kaepernick, where it says Jerry Jones said that the situation from the get-go probably had a lot more that wasn't about football involved in it and consequently, they got the results of that dynamic. Hmm. Mm. So it says, of course, he's been an outspoken, an outspoken critic of Kaepernick's kneeling protest for years, so everyone expected him to have a reaction by saying it was the circus. Wow. He said, it says, during the interview, Jerry was asked specifically, if he felt Collins' workout turned into a circus, and he says, I think so, Jerry said, adding, we, of course, aren't in the quarterback business. We're in the business of any time, anywhere, looking for talent, whether we need it now or whether we need it in the future. So the way these things work, you had that evaluation for you, whether you're there or you're not. You have that evaluation. And I think it's unfortunate that you just can't zero in on the business at hand, and that is evaluating a player that might or might not help you win a football game or move the chains within a football game. Mm. How about mm. that? Well, find somebody, you know, be real about it. 
I can't control the situation. That man is in control of his own situation. And and that's what they don't like. Mm. That's the part about it right there. Yeah. That's what they don't like. But as long as, you know, he remains true to who he is. For his sake. For his sake. Not for anyone mm-hmm. else's, but for his sake. Mhm. And I think that, you know, we talked about a couple of different things tonight. Um, but most importantly, you know, the being true to who you are. You know, when we look at the lady who tried the bomb who was thinking about or had planned to um, the church, you know, um, and then we go and we change pace and we, we talked a little bit about Catherine and we talked a little bit about, you know, the TV show where the kid had to either cut his dreadlocks or not um, play. And we talked about the guy with the art names, you know. I think tied all in is, is don't don't conform to anybody's thought of who you should be. You know, be who God destined you to be. Um, that's that's it. You know, control your narrative, control your story. Because as you know, in the end, you're the only one who got to live it. That's it. You got to live it, and you can't mm-hmm. live it for someone else. Mm-mm. Oh. You can't live it for someone else. You can't for people who, you know, who are in front of you or people who are with you virtually. You can't live it for someone else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what this means. Time to go to work. Yeah, well, let's go to work. Challenge is be who you are. Live within, control your narrative. Live within, you know, your own expectations. Well, let's go to work. You say that. There's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. It's time to go to work. All right, let's do it. Well, it's you and I. Uh, we lost Pastor. So it's your heart and mind clear. And let's go to work. It is clear, husband. Okay, well, we pray and we're going to end it. Father God, we thank you for 
this day. We thank you for uh, lines of communication. We thank you for this outlet. God, we know that you're still in control. We know that we can't do none of this without you, and that's including moving forward. So we ask that you give us the strength. We ask that you give us the wisdom. We ask that you guide our steps and guide our tongues, God, so that we can please you. Thank you for Pastor. Thank you for my twin. Thank you for my wife, first and foremost. We thank you for your love. Thank you for everybody who's listening, who's tuned in, who supports. And we ask that you give them the same that you give us. In Jesus' name, we pray and we love you. Amen. Amen. Well, that concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, the number one, Mr. Quick, along with Ms. Quick and Pastor Robinson. Live your life for you. Control your narrative. If you don't see them, if you don't love them, then they're not important. Peace.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.